Welcome to the OT lifestyle movement. This is for the occupational therapy visionaries and the ones who see things differently. We're moving our profession forward through living and leading a truly holistic lifestyle. Hey, hey, hey guys, welcome back to the OT lifestyle movement podcast. I'm Rhiannon Crisp, occupational therapist, personal trainer, and founder of otlifestylemovement.com. Today, we are talking all about OT coaching, and I know so many of you are just as excited as I am. So strap in and let's get to it. Today, we are talking with Bronwyn Drysdale. Bronwyn is an OT coach who works in private practice in her own business, Mastery of Doing. Bronwyn teaches OT coaching to university students and convenes the Occupational Therapy Australia Coaching Special Interest Group. So welcome, Bronwyn. Hi, thanks for having me. So excited to have you here today because I know this is something that so many OTs want to talk about is coaching. And I think more and more OTs are looking into this as an avenue or as a tool that they can incorporate into their OT work. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Before we get into it, though, what I want to do is hit the rewind button and I'd love to learn a little bit more about you. So if you could tell us, um, you know, maybe a little bit about your story and how you came to do what you're doing today. Mm. Okay. So I've I've been an OT for quite a while (laughs) and I don't like saying that because then I feel really old, but um, yeah, I've, I've got quite a diverse background and I went overseas and worked overseas and came back and uh, I always found that I was, you know, drawn to something a little bit different anyway. So I might be working in a traditional role and then I'd take on a project or um, traditional role and then I'd be going down a slightly different path. Um, and I was never, ever scared to just put my hand up and go, yep, I'll, I'll take that role or I'll do something that's different. So I think given that that is probably how I'd worked anyway, um, I'd, I'd gone and had my kids and I was still doing some private practice stuff, but community-based. And at that point I was like, I don't think I want to do this anymore. I don't even think I want to be an OT, but what am I going to, like, I just don't know anything else. I don't, you know, and that, that just opened Pandora's box really. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, you talk to your friends and your peers and things like that. And it was probably through that, that they were saying, oh, you should consider looking down this path or this path and no one can really tell you anything. And the coaching had come up, but I was like, no way. I don't want to, I'm not, no, that's not for me. (laughs) But I did, I looked into it and I booked into a course. And the more I looked into it, the more I understood that it was probably more aligned with OT than coaching is as a profession or anything else. Um, So I was, um, I think I was directed to this company and it's run by another former OT and a psychotherapist. So I kind of landed on my feet there and went, actually, no, I can really do this. Did the course. It was amazing. And I went, no, actually, I really do want to be an OT. (laughs) So I'd done this complete circle in about, I don't know, two or three years of just going, I don't know what I want to do. No, no, I'm back. Here I am. This is really what I want to do. So that's really how it's come about (laughs) and isn't that the amazing thing about ot you know there are so many different pathways that we can take there's so many different avenues so you know if one avenue doesn't suit you you know 
try something else and see what works for you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So how long have you been doing coaching for? Uh, This, this will probably be my fifth year. So inclusive of the course, because when you do the courses, you have to do a lot. Like it's quite hands-on. It's very practical. Um, So you, you're running from, I guess, the time that you start. So yeah, it's been quite a while. Okay. And I know listeners will be going, okay, so what course did you take? What was this amazing (laughs) course? My amazing course was um, the Global Coaching Institute with Rose Sandberg and um, Vicky. I can't think of Vicky's name off the top of my last name. But anyway, so that is who I did my course. But, um, and I did an International Coaching Federation approved course. So when I was looking, I was really probably looking more for a master's diploma type. What am I going to do? Where am I going to focus my energy? Um, And then obviously I started looking down the coaching path and their course runs for a year anyway. So you're still doing it at a a similar level, but it's just um, accredited through a different pathway. Um, So that their course is amazing. You can do a diploma, you can do a master's, you can tap it into other things like a master's in positive psychology. You can do other sort of private entity type courses, but I definitely would recommend um, a course that is, is either through an approved institution, uh, so, you know, your unis, your TAFEs and what have you, private educational type um, institutions, but also those private coaching courses that are approved by a body, so the International Coaching Federation, for example. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. I'd love to start really right at the very beginning uh, with the simple question of what is a coach? Um, because a lot of OTs might be thinking, you know, what exactly is it? Do I need extra, um, do I need another piece of paper to say I'm a coach or am I doing this naturally already? I'd love to get your idea around what a coach is. Mm -hmm. So a coach, it's funny because I think the name or the title coach doesn't really fit because you could be a coach and you could be coaching in tennis and swimming and what have you. And yet OTs, would do a a form of performance coaching anyway with our clients. You know, you're retraining them quite often or you're teaching them new skills. So you, you are working through the same kind of thing on a performance level, but coaching um, in the way that uh, sort of OTs and other professionals are picking it up is more of a conversational based approach. Um, So it is how the coach turns up, the presence of the coach, and then letting the person or the client guide um, the session in terms of what they're aiming towards. So that's what a coach does. An OT coach or an OT using a coaching approach, they would be very much coming in as an OT. I mean, it's up to them which hat they want to wear at what time. Um, But they would still probably come in with that OT hat on and they would use the coaching as a skill set or as a tool to enable the person further but still very much using that conversational process and then using other OT skills and tools and approaches to teach other skills to the client or or whatever you know their goal might be whatever you're working in what area you're working in for example. Mm -hmm. And I notice you say you're an OT coach because Mm -hmm. like you said, there are all types of coaches. There are health coaches, wellness coaches, life coaches, you know, take your pick. You call yourself an OT coach. What does this entail? Does this just, is this a combination just of your coaching plus occupational therapy and you've 
termed it OT coach or, you know, because people well, would be saying, is there an actual, yeah. is there an actual certificate to become no. an OT coach? No, no, there's no certificate to become an OT coach. And I didn't really term that. So I had come into the coaching side and I guess through all that research that I did and what type of course I wanted to do, what I wanted to do really, um, there was another OT called Jeanette Isaacs Young and she already had an OT coaching special interest group and she was doing that internationally because when she'd started and we're going back over a decade ago when she started um, there were other OTs already doing this OT coaching there was Judy McLennan there was um, oh Jan Gash some people will have tapped into her uh, website so OT coach and she's based over in the UK so these guys were already doing it they'd already termed it they'd written a book which I will show you this one, which is for OTs, Enabling Positive Change, uh, Coaching Conversations in Occupational Therapy. Um, so this was already termed. It was already an approach that was out there. But because there were so few of them at that time, they'd connected internationally. And so then I'd come on board and Jeanette was looking at not doing it anymore. And another um, colleague, Carol Crocker, she was also sort of on this same path as me. So we took over the special interest group through OT Australia um, and just brought it back sort of to national ground. It was a bit easier time-wise and things like that. So it's not necessarily something that people have to go out and do their training, go, I'm an OT coach, but they may have done their training in coaching and then decided that's the type of pathway that they want to take and that's how they term it. And I think the more OTs that we have doing it, the easier it is to, you know, when you, you contact a GP or when you say this is the approach that I'm using or when you're talking to your client, they understand it in a different or in a, in a way that it's probably more useful to them. It's not brand new because it isn't a brand new term. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about the benefits of coaching for clients? Yeah. Like what benefits does this have for clients and what does this mean for us? Okay. Us as OTs? Yeah. What, I yeah. mean, how do, how do we go about implementing it? What does coaching look like in a session? Uh, okay. So I'm, uh, when, I teach it. I teach it on a continuum. So this is for OT students or masters in OT. So we would say you might be doing a full coaching session. And if you are, you've um, spoken to the client about it and then you would set the time and you would give them that time and it is that conversation. And it, if you're doing the coaching as the OT, you're asking questions. You're asking these powerful questions that really open up the thought processes for the client to really get them to where they're aimed at or what their goal is. Um, if you're just using coaching questions or a coaching approach, you might just have moments in your OT practice or your interventions or your assessment or your evaluation, wherever you're at with that client, and you, you'll just be asking coaching type questions. And they're these open questions. They allow the client the time, the space um, to really think about whatever it is that you're discussing at that time. But usually, and this is where the similarities of OT and coaching come in, OTs have a goal with their clients. Okay, and, and we're saying that it's client-centered, um, the client's going that way, I want to be more independent in doing this or what have you. Um, and, and in coaching, it's exactly the same. So you will meet with somebody, if we're looking at a coaching session, not even part of OT, the first thing you start with is what do you want to work on today? Or what is your bigger goal? Where do you want to be in five years time? Um, and that really propels them to think into the future because this isn't counseling and it's not, um, 
anything to do with, I mean, actually, I shouldn't say it that way. It is to do with the past, but you're not using the past to analyze it. You're using it to draw strength, to move them towards where they're going. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Yeah. And this is really empowering, right? When we can help people move from where they are now to where they want to be, this, this is where the gold lies. It does. It does. And these conversations, sometimes, you know, they can be quite emotional for people. Sometimes you're asking questions and it can be a completely simple question of someone, but it's something they've never verbalized to themselves, to anyone else. It might just be a thought. Um, Sometimes you'll pick up that there's a barrier or there's something blocking them from getting to where they want to go. Um, And it might be a value or, or a belief, but you'll ask a question and it just opens up this conversation and these thoughts that this person hadn't even realized they had or um you know they've been holding on to for so long that it's actually stopped them from moving to where they want to go Mm. Mm. so it sounds like from what you're saying open-ended questions are a really important part of the coaching process absolutely can you talk to us about what some of the questions might be in a session to really open up that conversation and getting people to dig deep and think about the future and where they want to go Mm -hmm. so the questions well if you're going to be doing the coaching there's a model there's models there's models for coaching um whether you're coaching in ot or whether you're not and it would depend on the training i guess that you do if you choose to go down that path um so your questions generally follow the model that you're doing so the, the base model that everyone discusses is the grow model So you can just Google grow model and it will come up. Um, And so your questions might be around the goal. So you're you're looking for the goal and there'll be the initial questions and they're like, what do you want to achieve? What would be the the most useful way to use the time that we have at the moment? What do you want your life to look like in five years time? What do you expect from me? So they're all what questions at that stage. And then the next part through might be the reality. So you need to understand the reality that they're already in and they need to also understand it. And sometimes this is where a lot of those moments of, oh, I hadn't really thought about that or I hadn't never said that to anyone or I didn't realise I thought that or it was stopping me um, can come in because they're really looking at where they are and you might be saying, well, what what does your life look like at the moment? Or what does it look like when the carers come in? Or tell me about that and they'll be rattling off and and you might have another question in there that might say well what do you want to be different okay because what you assume when you go in when whenever you're doing coaching asking coaching questions using a coaching approach you're assuming that the person's whole and they are capable to be able to be the master of their own life so what you you essentially do as an OT is you take your professional hat off you're no longer the expert. You let them be the expert in their life and then you're asking them the questions about what they want, where they're up to, um, what, do they have, what do they think that they need to get to where they want to go? What's missing? Do they need more support? Do they need more time? Do they need access? What might it be that they feel that they need? Sometimes it's not even related to the goal. Sometimes it's some emotional type thing that they need to deal with and work with. Um, but that all comes out and you need to just let it, let it come out, discuss it, work with it, and you'll find that you still get to that goal. Great. So that was the R. So we went through the G and the R. Oh, you got right? it. <laughs> we've, got, we've got the reality. What's the next one? Are you asking me? 
Yep. So you've got grow G R. Can, are you looking at the model? No, no. Oh, so, Oh, actually I should have it here. Our options. So you're asking them, what are your options? Um, what do you need? What, what is missing? Where do you think that you need to go? Um, and that really empowers someone to think about what have they got available to them instead of expecting the OT or the professional or somebody else to come in and just hand it to them. Because I think quite often, and I know a lot of your listeners and yourself will know this when you're working with parents, sometimes they don't want people to come in and tell them what to do. And sometimes they haven't even thought that they've got the answers as well. Um, so they're in this, this quandary of, oh, they're coming back in to talk to me and tell me and, and what have you. But by the same token, they could draw on their own abilities and their own knowing and their own strengths and their own community without even realising because sometimes we don't even enable them to be able to do it. So that would be your options, asking them what's available, what do you need? And then um, coming from an OT perspective, you might also see where the gaps are. So then you can say, well... Have you thought about this? Would you like the contact details for that? Let me know if you need this information. You don't even have to give it to them at the point. Um, and then the last one is the planning. So OTs are really good. We will go out and we'll have everything planned and we have our action plan and you're doing this and I'm doing this and someone's doing that. This is their action plan. This isn't ours. <laughs> so when you get to that last part of the model, you'll be asking them, what do you need to do now? What you will notice is as you go through sort of the questioning, um, you will, they will automatically start going, oh, I could contact that person or this might be something that I could do or think about or, or reach out to or investigate further. Um, and as they're talking through that, they're almost formulating their own action plan. And what you'll find is it generates quite a lot of internal motivation to actually go towards whatever they're working towards rather than um, the professional instigating it or pushing it. it. It's that internal motivation that it switches on because you've accessed all these thoughts, these barriers, um, this internal knowing that they already had and you're allowing them to work their way through. You, you might have to scaffold it and put the foundations around it as the professional, as the OT, but you can still let them go. Mm, I love that. And I, I do absolutely love the coaching model. And what you said, which I've written down here, is that as OTs, we're no longer the expert. We have to hang up that hat and we have to let the clients be in the driver's seat of their own life. And we have to help them, you know, because really when we think about it, we are only on this journey with them for so long and their life extends far beyond the realms of therapy. Um, so enabling them to problem solve, giving yeah. them the tools to be able to problem solve because when other issues come up, they'll have the resources and the tools and the know-how to be able to tackle another issue. Yeah. Um, so I love that about coaching. Yeah. How do we then explain to clients that we're using a coaching model? Because if clients come to us as an OT, they may be expecting that we are the expert and that we will have all these awesome strategies and solutions ready for their problem. How do we explain to them what coaching is and how we go about the process? Um, I would approach it in the same way you might be using different techniques in your intervention anyway. So depending on what you're looking at, if it was something around um, sensory integration you might be doing with some clients, you would explain what that is and what you're going to do and what to expect. So you could do that 
around the coaching. But it, and I guess it depends from an OT's perspective is really looking at um, the client first. Can, the, can I put this person through this process and expect a certain outcome? And if it's a yes, then you would explain, uh, we might do some sessions. They're coaching sessions where we're just sitting down, having a conversation. You'll be doing most of the talking. I'll be asking um, some questions and then you will work through whatever it is you know, you're aiming for. And that might be how you go into it. Um, and, and you can, but you can encourage them and particularly those that are expecting you to come with tools, techniques and answers to say, I will still have tools, techniques and answers or what have you available. But this is really for you to work out how you want to get to where you're going. And then I can provide the details in terms of all of the other things as required. And sometimes they might, you know, you, you'll find that they might not need some of it. Did you find that shift difficult as a therapist yourself, going from having all the solutions to then asking the client to come up with them themselves? Um, initially when I was doing the coaching course, but by the same token, I found it so, I thought, why weren't we doing this? decades ago like it almost took a weight off my shoulder to think that I didn't have to do all of the head work and all of the thinking and all of the planning and all of you know what 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 does this person need when I should have just been saying what do you need okay but I think it is very much about traditionally you know we've worked so hard as OTs to to be where we are as a profession um sometimes I, I really think that we've left a little bit behind in the fact that we're working with people and people that quite often know what they want. Um, and we've, you know, we've taken on this medical model and it's about telling them what they need. It's about telling them where to go. It's about telling them how to do something. And we do that before we take the step back and allow them to work through it first. I think, mm. yeah. But once, once you start doing it, it, it's amazing. And you see the shift in the clients, you see them go, Oh, okay, yeah, I can do that. Sometimes people don't want that, particularly people that want to be told or they've been brought up to believe that the expert knows, the doctor knows, the OT knows, the physio knows. They will find it difficult, but you can do it with some encouragement or just using you know, some questions and not sitting them through the whole process. Mm. I think it's amazing because they're no longer passive. You know, in that medical mm. model, the client or the patient is very passive in the process. So we're doing therapy to them. Whereas with coaching, they're active. They need to, like you said, they need to be the problem solvers. They need to be the ones drawing up their own action plans and figuring it out. Um, and this is where it's sustainable, right? This is where they can go, this will actually work for my life rather than us giving them some sort of prescription and they get home and they're like, you know what? My life is too busy. There's no way I'm going to be able to do this homework and tick all these boxes. And they come back and, and two weeks later, have you done these things with us? No. And, you know, I think it's just a beautiful way of getting them to work out what's going to work for them because no one knows their life, their scenario better than they do. Exactly. And I think you said it really well uh, before we started. It, it is taking our lens off, taking our perspective and 
parking it and really letting them come from their perspective because when we do that we also understand them on a whole nother level um, that allows us to go actually no they can do that no they have got the resources they will be and they've done it in the past um, and obviously they can access access that again and it's really also drawing in that strengths-based approach as well so it is it's extremely enabling in terms of the person really working through what they need to work through. Mm. Mm. And I love Michael Awama, who is the, who developed the Kawa model. So anyone yeah. who's listening to this, go and check that out because our current... I might have his book here. Isn't it funny? <laughs> Seriously, I do this way too much, but look at, have you got it there as well? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. There's some OTs doing some great stuff with his model. Um, <laughs> um, yeah just to get people to really think about what they want what are their barriers but this symbolic use of our lives um, makes it easier for everyone to dive in a little bit deeper I think I think um, if we are the experts and we always have all the knowledge we don't get to those deeper depths with our clients to really enable them and it's not us digging it's really them finding it themselves as you might ask more questions or use something like the Kawa model and that river and, you know, what does a rock represent? What does this log represent? You know, how fast is that water flowing? Those types of symbolic things are really, really powerful for clients. Mm. And what I love about it is that it does transcend cultural boundaries, right? Um, because he talks a lot about the current um, models that we have for OT. You know, we've got these circles and arrows pointing to different things and we've got self-efficacy and habituation and all these terms that the client would have no idea what it is, right? So they have to, so we actually have to translate their story into this foreign OT model, which doesn't make any sense to them. Whereas this, they get to become the author of their own story. They write it. They're actually writing or drawing their own OT model. And I think Absolutely. that is just so powerful because otherwise we do see it through our set of lenses. Coming back to that, that's, that's what yeah. triggered me off on this whole Michael Awama yeah. trail. But we do see it through our own lenses. We have all grown up with a set of beliefs. We've all grown up with beliefs that have come from schooling, what, what we've watched on TV, from our family, from our environment, everything. And it is very hard to take off those set of lenses. So we're always viewing the world through that with the belief exactly. systems and the values that we hold. Mm -hmm. So unless the client has the power to, to draw their own OT model and tell us their story and figure out how they're going to move the rocks and do different things, then it, it, it is very difficult. To be culturally uh, relevant, and and to culture, I suppose is different. Um, you know, it's not just ethnicity and that kind of thing. It really is just how people live their life. You know, yep. there are different cultures within that. Absolutely, no, exactly, and and allowing them to bring that into their own treatment sessions or their own therapy or the the time and space that they have with you, if they can bring that all in it allows them to access all of that information that they already have when moving forward rather than trying to tap into ours or we're giving them ours and and expecting them to take it and move forward if they're using what they have and we're propping up what's needed to further help them um they can draw on that 
continuing forward. So we're almost creating a whole nother level of enablement. We're not just, as you said, prescribing um, some type of exercise program or some type of treatment program to be done at home. We're also saying, hey, you've got these skills, go and use it. Or these are some extra skills you might just need to get to where you're going. Try this as well. Okay, I'd love to ask you, what are the coach's responsibilities in this relationship? Because I know there are a lot of values that coaching has. What do we need to do as a coach to make sure we're keeping up our end? Okay. Um, as an OT, using coaching, you still will have the responsibilities of an OT. When you start coaching as an OT, um, you really need to think about your presence so for you to take that expert hat off means you need to be really, really curious, okay? So you're only there to ask a question. You're not there to tell them anything. You're not there to imply anything. You're not there when you're just asking the, the coaching questions. You're not there to help them, okay? You're only there to ask the questions. So you're there from, you're also there to allow them, um, to enable them and to step back and let them be, the expert in their life, all right? So that's your responsibility when you're coaching or when you're asking the coaching um, questions. Your responsibility is to allow them the space to answer and quite often you'll find there's a lot of silence, there's a lot of thinking and it can be really uncomfortable as an OT because we're often doing a lot of the talking but when we, when we step back and we allow them to really think about the question that we've just asked, they can really sit for a while because they're digging deep. And that silence isn't because they don't have an answer. They have an answer and it's bubbling away in there. Sometimes they're not even saying it. <laughs> and the other, I think the other really good thing is sometimes you might get an answer that you think, oh, okay. But the time that it takes from when you've spent th that initial time or you've done those questions with that person to the next time that you see them, the growth and development and thinking that they've done in between is huge. Because you don't just ask the questions and it stays within the therapy session. It takes them from that time to the next time to the next time for them to work through things. And they'll go up and down emotions and what have you. Um, so the responsibility still is as an OT. If you're coming in just as a coach, so I often um, provide coaching sessions, so just professional coaching, it really is just asking the questions and, and letting the person know that this is about them doing the work. This is about them. You know, they've come to you to reach a goal or to access something or to work through something. And it's up to you to allow them that space. Mm. I love what you touched on just then was that it can be like this. It's not oh, linear, right? No it, way. <laughs> it can be messy. It's life. Exactly. It can be really messy. It can be them having really hard conversations with, with family members or schools or, or bosses or anything. It is hard. But, you know, that's life. And you're not going to get to the pot of gold unless you do the work. I love that. <laughs> now, before we head to the three rapid fire questions, I'd just love to ask you, do you use any outcome measures and what do you use in coaching? Uh, in coaching, the outcome measures are really, sorry, I'm talking about a coaching session. So someone who's come to you just for coaching, the outcome measures are around what the goals of that client are or the group um, and asking them along the way have you achieved what you set out to achieve? Are we on the right track? Um, is this where you thought you'd be going? Because quite often 
they might come with a goal and the goal changes. As an OT, your outcome measures. So if you're an OT using coaching or a coaching approach, you will still use the same type of outcome measures. Um, so you might be looking at, did they achieve the goal? Was there a time frame? What had, and it can be really based on those SMART goals if that's something that you use. Coaching, you can use SMART goals, particularly if you are coaching in an organisation or for an organisation because they'll want to know what the return on investment is. And, and while that can be quite hard to prove, what they'll see is behavioural changes first and then they'll see outcome changes. So maybe the person's hitting their targets better or they're managing their staff better or what have you. If you look from an OT perspective, it's not. it could be on return on investment, but your outcome measures are very much based around function, independence and the goal of the client or the specifics of the assessment that you might also be using. So I would say if you're an OT using coaching, stick with your OT um, outcome measures because you might need to have them documented, prove them in some way, shape or form. If you're just using coaching, it really is around the client's feedback. If you're using coaching with an organisation, they might want return on investment and you need to understand what you're looking at in terms of changes. Is it emotional, behavioural? And then what does that then go on and allow the person to achieve and then how does that impact the company? Because there's no straight answer we're not talking about splinting someone's hand and six weeks later, it, it, you know, you've got a nice hand. It's not the same type of thing. We're, we're looking at people's thoughts, understanding their values and their beliefs and letting them understand it as well. And that takes time. It takes conversations and you'll see it through behaviour change. Mm, I love that. And just going back again, like it's not linear. So they might not end up where they expected to be at the end of the coaching. So it can take them on a totally different route. Yes. Awesome. Okay. So let's head to the three rapid fire questions as we wrap this up. Number one, in one sentence, how do you describe OT? Enabling. Awesome. Number two, what's one healthy lifestyle habit listeners can implement today? Move. (laughs) Everyone (laughs) needs to move more. (laughs) Absolutely. Sedentary lifestyle, my gosh. Okay, number three, if you could only offer one piece of advice to OTs, what would it be? Don't ever, ever underestimate your transferable skills. Mm, So powerful. Yeah, and also think outside the medical model. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably another. Oh, big hallelujah! <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, okay, Bronwyn. So, how can more people find out about you and your awesome work and what you do? They can go to my website at www.masteryofdoing.com.au. They can send me an email. The email will be on there on the contact um, tab, and um, they can just get in contact that way. I do have a Facebook page, but I'm not on there as often as I'm doing other stuff. So, probably through through email would be best. Awesome. Thank you so much, Bronwyn. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. All the best. Cheers. That's it, guys. I hope this episode resonated with you. But more importantly, I hope that it inspires you to take action. If you haven't already, come over and join our Facebook group family where we connect and collaborate. You can find us really easy just by searching the OT Lifestyle Movement in Facebook. If you did love this episode, I'd be super grateful if you shared it. You can take a screenshot right now and share it on Instagram or on Facebook so we can connect with more amazing, like-minded, open-minded OTs. The more we share the OT lifestyle movement, the more we can create a ripple effect. And if you do love the podcast, please head over to iTunes and give us a five-star review so we can be found more easily. That's it. 
Go out, create the epic change that you seek in the world because the world is ready for you. Carpe diem, guys.